Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. We will be talking sports and having fun doing it. I want all your ideas, all your opinions, and all your beliefs. And, of course, as always, you will get a heavy dose of my opinion. If you have an opinion, the number to call, 646-727-3070. That's 646-727-3070. You can listen to the show at blogtalkradio.com slash pecan. That's blogtalkradio.com slash pecan. If you have, you can send messages to the show on Twitter at Go For It Gant. And while you're there on Twitter, give me a follow at Go For It Gant. That's G O F O R I T G A N T. Give me a follow. Go For It Gant on Twitter. I see a lot of nice, funny, interesting things. Great show lined up for you today. Expected to be joined by 49ers cornerback Terrell Brown and. His 49ers are coming off an impressive victory against the New England Patriots, 41-31, a big-time game, a back-and-forth type of game. Once it got tied up there late in the game, but it, it was an exciting football game. Probably one of the better football games you've seen this season. Two great teams battling back and forth there. You know, the 49ers up 31-3 and seemingly in complete control. And then Tom Brady became Tom Brady and did what Tom Brady does. And he brought the Patriots back. And they tied that 31 in the fourth quarter. But a championship response by the 49ers. Uh, Kaepernick, well, first we got Michael James uh, with the uh, the kickoff return there. Set him up. Kaepernick to Michael Crabtree. Touchdown. 49ers back in control. Next defensive series. 49ers do what they have to do. They shut down the New England Patriots. Ultimately, the 49ers would take over. And ultimately, the 49ers would kick a winning field goal, well, field goal to salt the game away. And the 49ers moved to 10, 3, and 1. And they're battling with the Green Bay Packers to get that second spot in the NFC. And they control their own destiny in terms of that. So if they win out, they will get the second seed in the NFC if they win out. And so if they win out, they get the second seed. So you look at it. The 49ers control their own destiny, and they got a big football game coming up against the Seattle Seahawks, and we're going to talk to Terrell Brown about that. Also going to be joined by one of the greatest NBA fans of all time, the one, the only, the great Clipper Darrell. He's going to talk about his Clippers, his Clippers, that's right, those Clippers who are now on an 11-game winning streak, tying the franchise record set back in 1974 by the Buffalo Braves. Uh, so last time the Clippers had this type of winning streak. They were in Buffalo. 
They were in Buffalo. But the Clippers are playing some impressive basketball right now. Second best record in the Western Conference and really getting it done. They are truly, truly getting it done right now. Really getting it done. And you look at that team, and that's a team. That's a team that you're going to have to watch out for come playoff time. The Los Angeles Clippers are for real. They are real. They are really real. This team is real. And you're going to have to watch out for them in this playoffs. they got a lot of talent. They're deep. Their bench is better. They're getting big-time play off the bench. Crawford, Bledsoe, Lamar Odom starting to get his legs. I mean, this is going to be a tough team to beat in the playoffs. This is going to be a dangerous team. Chauncey Bills came back, but he got immediately hurt. So he's still out. But you still have Chauncey Billups in a suit, Grant Hill in a suit. So when these dudes finally get out of suits, it should be even more interesting to see what happens with this Clippers team. And granted, you know, sometimes you, you can have too many and too too many players. And I'm not saying that's the case with the Clippers, but it should be interesting how the minutes will be distributed when Chauncey comes back, when Grant Hill comes back. How will they distribute the minutes at that point? How will the minutes be distributed? And that should be an interesting thing to see when uh, Chauncey Billups comes back and when Grant Hill comes back. But how about Lamar Odom starting to get his legs? And, of course, my man, the dude that I, I said was one of the biggest signings in the offseason, the signing that I love, Jamal Crawford, 16 big points a game coming off the bench, 29 minutes a game. He's pretty much playing close to starters minutes for the Los Angeles Clippers. He's he's, he's a pure scorer. He's the one of the pure scorers in this game, Jamal Crawford. He can just fill it up at times, and he's been filling it up for the Clippers and been filling it up for the Clippers throughout the course of this 11-game win streak, this impressive 11-game win streak. But Crawford's giving him minutes off the bench. Matt Barnes giving him big-time minutes off the bench. Bledsoe, big-time minutes off the bench. I mean, these guys are contributing big-time to the success of the Los Angeles Clippers. Big time to the success of the Clippers. And the Clippers' second best record in basketball. The second best record in the Western Conference, I should say. Second best record in the Western Conference. Second best record in the Western Conference. Well, essentially second best record in the league. They're tied with the Knicks uh, in terms of uh, wins and losses. So second best record in basketball this Los Angeles Clippers team. Second best record in basketball, an 11-game win streak. And granted, some of those wins have been against some bad teams. I mean, that's going to happen in an 82-game schedule. You're going to play some bad teams. That's just the nature of the situation. It's just the nature of the schedule. And the Sixers, not the Sixers, the Clippers, have played some bad teams throughout the course of this 11-game winning streak. I mean, Minnesota is a fairly decent team, but Sacramento, they're struggling, right? Phoenix, another one, Toronto, Charlotte, Detroit, New Orleans. I mean, these are some of the little sisters of the poor that uh, the Clippers have played. This is These are some of the little sisters of the poor that the Clippers have played during the course of this 11-game winning streak. Hey, you can't control your schedule. Your schedule is what it is, and you play who you play. And the Clippers play who they play and, and have but have been successful. They have been very successful. 
And the Clippers right now, an 11-game win streak, second-best record in the league. Are they for real? They'll be there when it's all said and done. I'm not saying I'm not talking finals because those those uh, Oklahoma City Thunder still is a very tough basketball team. Still is a formidable bas- formidable basketball team, even with the trade of James Harden. They still are the truth. This team is still formidable. 19 and four, and they are on a 12 game win streak, and they're in Minnesota tonight. And currently, this team. Um, Last I saw, Minnesota was up. Minnesota's up three in the fourth quarter against the Oklahoma City Thunder, but a lot of time left in that particular ball game. The Oklahoma City Thunder are still for real. They are still for real. You, you thought maybe they'd take a step back with the trade of James Harden, but Kevin Martin is no slouch. He, he's a guy that's proven to score that he can score the basketball in this league. He can fill it up. He's been leading scorers on teams. So he can fill it up. He gets to the line, draws a lot of contact. I mean, throughout the course of their 12-game win streak, I mean, Oklahoma City's beaten San Antonio, beaten the Hawks, who have been impressive early in the season, beaten Brooklyn. Um, so they've beaten some decent teams during that stretch. And the, you know, the Clippers have beaten some decent teams as well. And it's hard. You look at it, it's hard to win that many games and not play bad teams. You're going to play bad teams. You're going to play bad teams throughout the course of the season, and you're going to have stretches where you're going to play a bunch of bad teams. It's just the nature of the beast. It's just the nature of the league. That's going to happen. If that's going to happen. You're going to see that. You're going to have stretches where you're going to play bad basketball teams. Clippers are taking advantage of it. Oklahoma City on some level is taking advantage of it as well. So both of these teams are taking advantage of a little soft spot in their schedule. But they're also beating good teams, too. So the Clippers, the Thunder, Thunder on a 12-game winning streak, the Clippers on an 11-game winning streak, both of these teams playing impressive basketball to this point, both of these teams on top of the Western Conference and on top of the league in terms of best records. You still have to favor Oklahoma City in terms of a better basketball team over the Clippers, you still have to say OKC. In terms of better basketball team, you still have to say OKC. You still do. You still have to say OKC. The Clippers, I mean, they've beaten during this 11-game win streak. Minnesota's a team over 500. So they've beaten uh, Minnesota, Utah, fairly decent ball club as well. Um, Chicago, decent ball club. And the Clippers, I mean, to their credit, they went on their East Coast road trip, and they were impressive on the East Coast. They were impressive on the East Coast. I mean, four-game road trip on the East, beat Chicago, beat Charlotte, beat Milwaukee, and beat the Detroit Pistons. Um, Maybe one one out of those four teams are decent. One out of those four teams. Milwaukee's over 500 as well. So you could say maybe two out of those four teams are actually decent teams. But, again, a road win in in the NBA is a road win, and they're hard to come by. Road wins are hard to come by. And the Clippers have won on the road during this win streak. Four in a row on the road during this win streak. So the Los Angeles Clippers, they are for real, it seems, the Oklahoma City Thunder, they are for real. 
it seems. So are they the two best teams in the Western Conference at this point? They are. I think you can't sleep on the Lakers. I'm not saying the Lakers will ever get it together, but with that talent, with the talent on that team, you can't sleep on them. Of course, you got the Spurs, the old reliables who are still there, still a formidable team, still a team to be reckoned with. You can't sleep on the San Antonio Spurs at all. Memphis Grizzlies, another team that's up there, 17-6, and six, a very good basketball team, have that beautiful front court, Randolph and Gasol and Rudy Gay as well. So you can't sleep on the Memphis Grizzlies. They're a team that you're going to have to watch. And how about the Golden State Warriors, a team that not too many are talking about? 17-9, and Golden State. Mark Jackson's really got that team playing some big-time basketball at this point. He's got the Golden State Warriors playing some big-time basketball at this point. I mean, this is a team that, uh, you know, they went out east and had some impressive victories. Beat Atlanta, who's been playing well. Beat Miami. Beat Brooklyn. I mean, uh, beat some decent teams during their road trip, the Golden State Warriors. So this team, uh, their road victories and everything leads you to believe that they are for real. This is a team that's for real in uh, Golden State. Still early, still a lot of basketball to be played, still a lot to be found out about teams during this season. A lot to be found out. We still got a lot to learn. We still have a lot to learn, everybody, a lot to learn about these teams. We don't know just yet. Don't know just yet about some of these teams. But we know Oklahoma City is going to be there. We know probably the Los Angeles Clippers are going to be there. And you also know that the Memphis Grizzlies are going to be there and possibly the Los Angeles Lakers are going to be there. So a lot of teams are going to be there. You're listening to Go For It on Block Talk Radio. Almeida, a.k.a. Corey Live, host of Picturica on the Hub and warm-up host for American Idol and Dancing with the Stars. And right now, you are listening to Go For It on Blog Talk Radio with my man, Paulie G and Jeremy. Get it! And we're back. And we're about to bring in a guy who's been getting it and loving it and dancing in the streets of Los Angeles. I mean, this guy has been celebrating and, and like it's 1999. Celebrate like it's 1999. Celebrate like it's the end of the world. And some say that could happen tomorrow. I'm not one of them, but some say that could happen tomorrow. But this guy's celebrating. He has a right to celebrate. His team, the Los Angeles Clippers, 11-game win streak. The last time this franchise had an 11-game win streak, oh, they were in Buffalo. That was a long time ago, a long, long time ago. Let's bring him in now, one of the greatest NBA fans out there, the one, the only, the great Clipper Daryl. 
Clipper, how are you? 11 in a row, baby. That's how I'm doing, baby. 11 in a row. (laughs) (laughs) I'm 11 in a row. I mean, it's great. And, again, you talked about 11 in a row, and last time they did this, this franchise was in Buffalo. How impressed impressed have you been with this streak? Man, I'm very impressed, man. I'm loving this team. I'm loving the camaraderie that the guys have on and off the court. I mean, it's just been so beautiful right now, man. And they're and they're doing it. I mean, they're doing it unselfishly. That's what I'm loving. You know what I'm saying? They're working hard day in and day out. It's always a different person every night that's stepping up. And I look at this team, and Chris Paul had some interesting comments the other day. He said, we're trying to build something. Do you think Chris Paul's correct, man? He said, we're trying to you build I, I messed this whole quote up. He said, we're not trying to peak now. We're trying to build something. Do you yeah. do you agree with Chris Paul's quote there? Man, I agree with him 100%. Honestly, being a Clipper fan for, for the past 20 seasons, you can never say the C word. You always just say, man, just make it to the playoffs. Let's get to the postseason. That's it. But now, as Clipper fans, you can say the C word, baby. Championship. <laughs> <laughs> you sure about that? Oh, I'm positive. <laughs> I'm, and last I'm time positive. we talked to you, last time we talked to you, you assured Western Conference Finals. Can okay. we talk NBA Finals possibly? I, I, okay. When I woke up before the season started, I woke up and I predicted. I said 55 and 27 Western Conference Finals. Okay. But the way this team's been, the way this team been playing, man. I mean, man. There is no limit for them right now, no limit. And we still got two two great players on the bench that haven't even played yet. You know, right. Chauncey came back a couple of games, but he's still on the bench, and you got Grand Hill. So come on, man. I mean, this is this is unbelievable. This is like a dream come true. And if I'm dreaming, man, you know what? Matter of fact, I'm so high right now. I don't drink nor smoke. I'm so high right now, man. Oh, my goodness. I'm not coming down till June. <laughs> <laughs> You're on cloud nine, definitely on cloud nine. And Let me try to temper this a little bit, Clipper. I mean, six of the 11 teams that you beat during this winning streak are below 500. How do you matter. respond to that? It's an NBA team. It don't matter. It's an NBA team. Hey, but did we beat the Lakers? Did we beat Miami? Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, okay. So it don't, it don't matter. We lost. We, we. I mean, we lost to, to bad team. You know, Golden State. You know, I mean, actually, you know, Golden State's a good team this year. You know, Golden State's a real good team. Exactly. So our, our, our losses, our losses. You know what I'm saying? Everybody is stepping up. We can't go in a, in a town anymore and say, "Oh, we just playing the Clippers." No, we're playing the Clippers. They're working mm-hmm. hard, man. You know, hey, I mean, it's a good feeling right now, man. To, you know, I mean, just to see, just to see, man, that we go on the road and selling out arenas and stuff like that, man. It's a, it's a, man. This, this is the greatest feeling you can ever have, man. Did That's you ever think you would have this form. feeling? All those years, all those bad years, all those lean years you had in in L.A. with the Clippers. Nah, I really didn't, man. I, you know, after after our oh five oh six year, I thought it was a turnaround, and then we had a letdown the next next season. And then let that. I was like, "Oh man, oh." So, you know, to have this season, to have this chemistry, to have this camaraderie 
on and off the court, man. That's the most beautiful thing. When you see when you see them out to dinner, you just don't see one or two players. You see three or four, five of them. When they party, when they throw a party, you see the whole team coming out. You see the the family man having picnics together, the camaraderie with the families, the wives, the girlfriends. That's what that's what this team is all about, man. I mean, man, it's no limit, man. It's no limit what this team can do, man. I'm telling you. We're talking to the greatest NBA fan of all time, the great Clipper Down. Clipper, I look at this team, and I you talked about the bench. I mean, the bench is impressive. Matt Barnes, Bledsoe, Jamal Crawford, Lamar Ono starting to get his legs under him. Talk about this bench, man. Hey, the best bench in the NBA, baby, because you, know, you already know, any of them players could be starting on any other team, any of them, any of them. But Jamal Crawford, he's a scorer. Bledsoe, Bledsoe probably can throw on some teams as well. Jamal Crawford, I'm guaranteeing you right now. I'm telling you, Jamal Crawford, sixth man of the year. I'm telling you right now, hands hands down. Most improved player, DeAndre Jordan. Okay? (laughs) I'm telling you, man. MVP, baby. You know it's going to be a tie. They're going to give to both of them, baby. Blake Griffin, CP3. You already know it, man. They're going to give it to both of them. Okay. And talk about DeAndre Jordan. We we saw him, and it seems like he's developed some post moves in the off season, man. Yeah, man, he can play. He can play his back to the basket now, man. You know, he worked hard. He he went to big man's camp this summer, man. He worked out the whole summer, and you can see what happened. Worked on his. Hey, you see how they try to do that half of DeAndre on him, and uh, and it don't work no more. You know what I'm saying? I mean, he's right. shooting like what fifty percent. You know, fifty, sixty percent, and he's shooting down. I mean, when it when it gets close down the uh, down the stretch, so he's making them. So they're not even messing with him anymore. He's balling. Clippers are balling. Of course, eleven in a row. So you know, everybody's balling. It's a great time to be a Clipper fan, man. Uh, you got to be excited. You got to be excited. The second best record in the Western Conference. I mean, they're behind the Thunder. We know the Oklahoma City Thunder are on a twelve-game win streak themselves. Clipper, Dell, are the Clippers better than the Thunder? Are the Clippers better than the Thunder, man? Bruh, I'm telling you right now, it's going to be a battle, and I feel that's going to be a – that's who we're going to play in the Western Conference Finals, OKC. So are they better? I feel they're better. I feel we have the best bench in the NBA, and that's where we're going to kill them at. That's where we're going to hurt them at because they're running a seven, eight-man rotation. We got a ten-man rotation. We got new legs coming in. Man, Kevin Durant, watch out, baby. We coming for you. (laughs) (laughs) You sure about that? The great Kevin Durant. The great Russell Westbrook. Yes. Hey, hey, we put Eric Bledsoe on Westbrook, man. They just, hey, hey, they can run up and down the court. <laughs> We're going to tie Westbrook out. <laughs> then we put Matt Barnes on him. Come on now. Even after trading James Harden, this team is just as good as they were a year ago. They're just as good. Kevin Martin has stepped in and put in work for this team. Yeah, definitely, man. Definitely, man. I, it looked like they they 12-game win streak might be coming to an end today, though. I know last I checked, the uh, Grizzlies, not the Grizzlies, Timberwolves were up three in the fourth quarter. No, they are by, uh, it's 92-81, four minutes okay, and 52 so seconds left in four. Okay, so that yeah. win streak is probably coming to an end. That win- Yeah. And Timberwolves are a good basketball team. They're, they're yeah, a decent basketball team, not a bad basketball team at all. 
But I say, man, if you play in the NBA, anybody could beat anybody, man. I mean, you look at the, the the championship that the Lakers have won over the years, and they always have problems with the Bobcats. I mean, no matter what. <laughs> Barely beat them the so, other night. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, if you in the NBA, you could play this game, man. Those are 500 of the best players in the, in the world if you're in the NBA. I don't care if you if you sit on the if you the fifteenth man if you if you get an NBA contract that means you're good. That's true. You play in the league, you you can play the game. Bottom line. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And you talk you you talked about the Lakers. This Laker team is on a three game winning streak. Granted, against the Bobcats, against Philly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, not you know impressive teams during this win streak against the Wizards as well. But are the Lakers on their way back? Are they back? I can't say, man. You know, until you, until you actually see Nash back in the lineup, you can't really say. You know, uh, Kobe Kobe can't play forty minutes a game. I don't. No. He can't play forty to forty two minutes a game for an eighty two games uh, season. It won't happen. It can't happen. Now he can play it in the playoffs, yeah. But for eighty two games and I try to do it in the playoffs, nah, it, it, it won't happen. Once he learns, once Kobe understands, see, Kobe, see, they had Kobe bringing up the ball. That's why I didn't like. You know what I'm saying? Because now he he's bringing up the ball. He's not getting all his players involved, all his teammates, and he's shooting. You know, but when he misses it, it's okay. Nobody says anything. But when if he kicks it out and somebody else misses, it, it's a problem. Build the guy's confidence, man. That's what it's all about. In the first 20 games of the season, it's all about building confidence. That's it. And once these guys have confidence in themselves, man, that's why that's why the Clippers team is so unbelievable because everybody can shoot the ball. If you got an open shot, take your shot. Nobody's getting mad at each other. Everybody hustles back down on defense. That's what the beautiful thing is about it, man. I mean, this is like a dream come true for me right now. <laughs> I can hear it in your voice. I can hear the dream. I can hear the the, the dreamy. The dreamy sounds in your voice. I mean, you're loving it. You're loving it. You're on cloud nine. And just think, the world could end tomorrow. You could end happy. You could die happy. Man. <laughs> I'll be a happy man, man. But, you know, first, first I got to give honor to God, though, before the world comes in. I got to give, give him praise first. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking to the greatest NBA fan out there, the one, the only, the great Clipper, Daryl. All in all, we talked about the Lakers. We, Nash is on his way back. At this point, do you see any semblance of a championship-caliber team in Los Angeles and talking about the Lakers? No, not this not this season, not at all. Honestly, I mean, you know what I'm saying? I mean, they're a great organization. You know, they, 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 they've done everything that they can do, but I don't see them winning no championship this year, man. The, honestly, this is our year. This is our year. <laughs> This is our so you're saying the Clippers are going to win the championship this year? I, I just feel the Clippers are going to do things that's, that's never been done before. I mean, look at it. We won on a road trip four games, that's never, and we won all four games that's never been done in Clipper history, right? Now we now we tie. Now we we overpassed eight games. We had an eight-game win streak. We overpassed that. At a, now we had 11. Now we're about to do the Buffalo. We tied at 11 with the Buffalo Braves. Now, that was the other franchise that used to be before the Clippers was. Correct. Before we Correct. the Buffalo Braves in San Diego and then now Los Angeles. So now, when we win, when they win on Friday against Sacramento Kings, it'll be 12 games, man. I mean, they're breaking records, man. Look what Chris Walsh just did last night, 5,000 assists record, you know, 5,000 assists in his career, man. 
I mean, you know, they they accomplish great things right now, man. This team is unbelievable, man. I'm telling you. <laughs> I mean, At this point, they're playing some big-time basketball. There's no doubt about it. No doubt about yeah. it. Still a lot of basketball to be played. Still a lot okay. of basketball to be played. So, I mean, I agree with you. I look at the Lakers. I just don't feel it. You, you just don't feel it with that team. It's just something that's just not right with them. You can't put yeah. your finger on it. I mean, I guess you can kind of put your finger on it defensively. They don't look sound. You look at this yeah. team on the offensive side of the ball, and it could change once Nash gets back. But, I mean, it's just a feel with this team. You just don't feel it. And maybe it's just all these pieces, I mean, Dwight Howard, best center in the game. Kobe, one of the best players in the game. Nash, one of the best point guards in the game. Gasol, one of the best power forwards in the game. And it's just not coming together. I don't know what it is. I mean, they seem slow. They just, it just doesn't seem down right. Coaching. You got to break down coaching systems, the system. And you have to play You have to play the systems with the, the people. And the triangle was the best fit to anybody. And for the Lakers organization, you, they know, they, everybody knows that. You can't take older guys, man. You know what I'm saying? Like you and I, man. You go out there and play a pickup game, man. You gonna be, you gonna be winning. You can't do the same thing that you did when you was 21 years old. So this is running in Dan Antonio's system. You know that run and gun in seven seconds. You know now he's going to try to change it to 14 seconds. You can't do that. You know what I'm saying? You gotta play the, you gotta play to your player's strength and weakness. Right. Not, you know. Not just good, you know. You just got a system, and y'all just go running. And then he tried to run a seven, a seven man rotation. Come on, <laughs> oh a seven man rotation. You can't do that. I mean, Kobe's <laughs> playing forty minutes, man. I'm telling you, by All Star break, man. Kobe's gonna be, Kobe's gonna be hurt. I'm telling you, he's gonna he, be he like can't man, continue 40. at this rate. He can't. No. He can't. And, and on back to back nights. Back back. He's going to. I mean, ball, he's, he's, ball all day. he's coming off the Olympics and everything. I mean, he's older now. He's not the you know seventeen years in this league. I mean, he yeah. can't continue to play those type of minutes and be successful. He can't. He can't. But he not is Kobe Bryant. All. He is Kobe Bryant. Hey, and, and he is CP3, baby. And we'll see. I mean, we'll see the Clippers again. 11-game winning streak, again, playing some big-time basketball. Again, has the second-best record in the league. Yeah. Still 25. It's only 25 games, though, Clipper. Only 25 games, man. Hey, but but you think about it. Now, when you look at it, you look at the record, you say, man, the Clippers are right here. You would never in in a million years get that. Come on. We're talking about the Clippers. The Clippers? Exactly. <laughs> you know, the, the Clippers, baby. And we're going to the promised land. 20 years I've been waiting for this, man. And this is so beautiful. This reminds me of the year, 05-06 playoffs. I mean, 05-06 when we had Sam Cassell, that, that, that four leader. And CP3 is that same type of leader on the floor. You know what I'm saying? Coaching, when he, when he goes sit down, he's still coaching on the, on the bench. I mean, it, it just feels so good right now, man. And this is a better, and we have a better bench than that year. Oh, the bench is great. The bench is great. Every player knows their role. That's the key. And that's, and that's what the key that the Lakers don't have is because they don't know their role. They don't know if they're going to play today. They're not sure. Dan Antonio, you know, well, Jameson might not play. Well, you know, I want to play Jordan Hill. I mean, come on, man. 
These guys got to <laughs> know their role. And once you know your role, man, it, you, you can go far, man. That's true. It's crazy. That's... It's just like going to work. If you don't know what to do going to work, what you going to do all day? Nothing. That's what they want to do. They want to know. <laughs> nothing. You're going to do nothing. And let's look at it now. I mean, Christmas is around the corner, five days until Christmas. What does the great Clipper Daryl want for Christmas? All I want for Christmas is my Clipper car fixed. <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with it? you got to fix it. <laughs> my transmission and engine went out, man. I got over 300,000 miles on it, so it, 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 it finally went to put. <laughs> so, okay. Man. But I got I got two boys in college, man, and I got my daughter in high school. Her just her senior year, man, and you know, put that money in, in, in that. I love I love my team dearly, man. But my kids are my kids are very important to me. I, I would definitely I will I will hope so. I mean, I hope you love your kids better than you love the Clippers. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you love your wife better than you love the Clippers. <laughs> the Clippers is my getaway from her. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know, oh, Daryl. You got a lot. You do a lot of appearances. You do a lot of great things. Where can fi- fans find information about some of the great things Clipper Daryl is doing? Oh man, at ClipperDaryl dot com. C l i p p e r d a r r e l l dot com. They can follow me on Twitter at Clipper Daryl. They can hit me on Facebook, whatever. And I do answer all emails myself. Right. There you go. There you go. Hit this man up. He'll hit you back. He answers all his emails himself. He answers all the emails. And Clipper Dell, before you get out of here, I can't let you leave until you give me a Let's Go Clippers chant. I can't let you leave until I get that. Let's go, Clippers. Let's go. Let's go, Clippers. Let's go. Hey, baby. The Laker era is over. It's Clipper time. <laughs> what time is it? Clipper time. <laughs> and we shall see how this whole thing plays out. 25 games into the season. The Clippers are 19-6 and on an 11-game winning streak, the second-best record in the National Basketball Association. Daryl, it was a pleasure, man. Merry Christmas to you. Let's do it again. Yeah, Merry Christmas to you too, man. Hey, and the Clippers are playing on Christmas Day, baby. 730 ESPN, baby. <laughs> I wish I was you. <laughs> Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. <laughs> Love you, man. Take care, man. It was a pleasure. Oh, uh, hey, pleasure's all mine, baby. Clipper Dow, the greatest NBA fan out there. He's on cloud nine right now. He's truly on cloud nine, loving his life. And how could you not love your life if you're a Clippers fan at this point? This was a sad sack franchise for many, many, many years. And now this team, this Clipper team, an 11-game win streak, this Clipper team, not only an 11-game winning streak, this Clipper team, the second-best record in the National Basketball Association, this Clipper team is for real. But still early, a lot of basketball to be played. I want to switch gears now 
to the NFL, the New York Jets. Mark Sanchez and the New York Jets. Mark Sanchez, he was absolutely, positively awful on Monday night. There was no getting around it. He was awful. He wasn't awful. He was god-awful on Monday night. He was awful Monday night. Mark Sanchez was terrible. The Jets were terrible. And the Jets will not make the playoffs because of the terrible play of not only, not only their team, but their quarterback, Mark Sanchez. He was not good, folks. He was not good at all, folks. He was bad. And you're watching the game and you're saying to yourself, Tebow can't be this bad. Why couldn't Tim Tebow get a shot? He can't be this bad. He can't be 13 for 28, 131 yards and four interceptions bad. That's bad. That is bad. Mark Sanchez was awful. He was awful. 131 yards and four big interceptions. He was horrible. He was bad. The Jets were bad. It's unbelievable. And you look at the whole situation, and you're saying to yourself, okay, if you don't want to go to Tebow, why didn't you activate Greg McElroy for that particular ball game? Why didn't you activate him for that ball game, Rex? It doesn't make any sense. It does not make any sense. Why didn't you activate Greg McElroy? Why? 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 If you don't believe in Tim Tebow. The type of game that they played against the Titans were the type of games that Tebow was winning last year for the Denver Broncos. You mean to tell me Tim Tebow couldn't do that? He couldn't do what Sanchez did on Monday night? He couldn't do it a little better? I mean, it just boggles the mind of of what happened here with the Jets. And obviously, they gave Mark Sanchez the extension in the offseason. So guess what? He's guaranteed $8 million next year. So guess what? It's probably cheaper to keep him. It's probably cheaper to keep him. It's cheaper to keep him. I mean, if they trade him, it could cost him $13.9 million against the cap. That's a huge part of your salary cap. The Jets have a tough decision. Well, I mean, what do you do? Do you bring Sanchez back and say, you know what? Last year was a bad year. Maybe 2013 will be better. Maybe. Is that what you do? Is that what you do? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if you can bring this guy back. I don't know if you can bring him back into your locker room and say, tell your players in your locker room that this is the guy I'm going with. He is our quarterback. He's going to be our quarterback. I don't know if you can sell that to your to your team. I don't know if you can. You can't. You probably won't be able to sell it to your fans. And you can't. I don't know how you can sell that to your team. That you're going to bring Mark Sanchez, a guy who has 50 turnovers in the last two years. 50. He's cost you a lot of football games. 
50 turnovers. 50. 50, 50, 50 turnovers in the last two years for Mark Sanchez. 50. Including four the other night against the Tennessee Titans. 50 turnovers. You can't win with this guy. You can't win with this guy. And I was one of the ones who said even when he was going to AFC Championship games that the Jets will never win a Super Bowl with Mark Sanchez. Blanket statement, I know. And, you know, it's a blanket statement, and, and that's the way I felt, and that's the way I still feel, and that's the way it's probably going to turn out. The Jets will never win a championship with Mark Sanchez at the, as their quarterback. Did I think he would get a little better? Yes, I thought he would get a little better. I thought he would play a little better. I thought he would be a better quarterback at this point. I really did. I really did. But he didn't progress. He hasn't progressed. He's regressed. He's regressed. Over. He's regressed. Mark Sanchez has regressed as an NFL quarterback. He has regressed as an NFL quarterback. He is not a legitimate NFL quarterback at this point in terms of being a starter. Now, could he go to a different situation and and, and possibly re, be revitalized? It's a possibility. I'm not saying the guy has no ability. He has some ability. And he, he did go through the playoffs and went on the road during those playoffs, but those teams were different. Those teams have more of a run game than they've had this year. Those teams, I mean, you look at his weapons. Mark Sanchez, and in fairness to Mark Sanchez, the weapons that he has at his disposal – are not very good. They're, they're, they're not NFL-caliber weapons that he has. And that's to his point. That's to his that – I'm saying that to say, you know what, maybe it could get better in a different situation. Maybe you look at Mark Sanchez, if he had better weapons, maybe he could be better and do better. I don't know. I don't know. But I know what I have seen throughout the course of this year and throughout the course of last year, and I know what I saw Monday night. I know what I saw Monday night. I know what I saw Monday night. And what I saw was a guy who was awful, who is awful, and who's having a horrible year. He's had a horrible, the last two years have been bad for Mark Sanchez. The last two years. And you wonder what can the Jets do in terms of cutting him. It's going to cost them. It's going to cost their cap. It's going to be an issue. What do you do? Do you keep him? Is it, it might be cheap, probably cheaper to keep him on the roster this season. And then next year, I should say, and maybe you, you go after Michael Vick, who apparently reports are Rex Ryan loves, loves Michael Vick. And we wonder if Rex Ryan will even be here next year. He may not even be here, be in New York next year. So you don't even know that. So you don't know exactly how it's going to turn out with the Jets. All I know is this. It's a bad situation for the Jets, a bad situation. Then you bring in Tim Tebow. You don't even use him. It's a waste of, I don't know, it's a waste of a roster spot. I remember Boomer Science saying that this summer, that it was a waste of a roster spot. And it turns out it is a waste of a roster spot. You didn't use this guy. You didn't use him at all. You had him bulk up. It seemed like he's slower now. He doesn't seem like he's the same quarterback in terms of his speed. Like he lost a little something, maybe bulked up a little too much. And if he's going to 
want to be an NFL quarterback moving forward, he's going to have to lose some of that bulk, meaning Tim Tebow. And we, 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 we talk about Tim Tebow as not being an NFL quarterback, and judging by the way the Jets have handled it, they don't believe he's an NFL quarterback. But I will say this about the guy, and I think you cannot – no one can take this away from Tim Tebow. He has as many playoff victories as Tony Romo, as many as Tony Romo, and that's one. He has one. And he beat the Steelers, the mighty Pittsburgh Steelers, in the playoff game a year ago, a, ga- a game that no one expected the Broncos to win except for myself. I actually picked the Broncos to win that game a year ago against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Kudos to myself. But, but, Tim Tebow did throw for 316 yards in that game. Tim Tebow did have a walk-off touchdown to Demarius Thomas in that game in overtime. So Tim Tebow is not a bum. Tim Tebow, I, I, I don't think you can call him a bum. He's won a playoff game. He's had some success. Now, now, moving forward, would, would you bank on Tim Tebow as your quarterback of the future, as your quarterback, period? Probably not. Probably not. I mean, where does Tebow go from here? Obviously, he's not going to be with the Jets. I mean, could he go to Jacksonville, revitalize that franchise, at least bring some interest to that franchise in Jacksonville? Could he do that? That's a possibility. That's a possibility. I mean, Blaine Gabbert really hasn't shown anything, really, in terms of him being a a viable, legitimate NFL quarterback. He hasn't really shown us that. He has not shown us that. He has not. He has not shown us that. He really hasn't. He hasn't. But I look at Tebow. Jacksonville's a good spot for him. I mean, this was a waste of his this this year was kind of a waste for Tim Tebow. It it really was an absolute waste for Tim Tebow. He was wasn't utilized at all. And when are we gonna get rid of this? When are we gonna say that the Wildcat offense is not a viable offense in this league? I mean, we, we've been there, we've seen it. Ronnie Brown and the Dolphins ran it successfully, but it got figured out, and it got figured out kind of quickly. Tony Sperano, he ran it with success with the Dolphins during his time with Miami, but it, it was worn out quickly. It was exciting for a little bit there. Teams figured it out. Wasn't a big deal after that. Wasn't a big deal after that. Was not. Was not. Was not, and to say and to to say that you're going to to pretty much run your offense, basically having two quarterbacks, having Tebow come in there, run the Wildcat offense, to say you're going to have success with it is, is you're not. It's not. You cannot have that as a viable part of your offense. Tim Tebow was misused underused by the New York Jets. I think Tim Tebow should have been ill a few games ago, to be honest with you. Because I look at the Jets and they were just depleted. They were depleted. They were depleted. They were a depleted team. They were a very depleted team at the time. At this time, I should say the Jets. With San Antonio Holmes gone, with you know, Keller being in and out of the lineup. Stephen Hill now gone. 
I mean, they were a depleted team on the offensive side of football. And I figured, you know what, Tim Tebow is the type of guy that probably could do less, do more with less, I should say. I, I think he could have did more with less. And the Jets had less than they had initially to start out this season. I never have been a believer in Mark Sanchez. I've never been a believer in Mark Sanchez. And, and you look at the extension the Jets gave him this offseason, it's a head-scratcher. It's a head-scratcher. And I know a lot of people said it was to build up Sanchez's confidence on some level and also know that it saved the Jets some money this year on their cap. But bringing in Tebow made no sense. It, it really made no sense especially the way they utilized him. It was just a waste of a roster spot. I mean, you had him in on punt protection. Who's, what's Tim Tebow doing on punt protection? What kind of impact can he have on special teams? Come on. We're talking about Tim Tebow here. We're, we're, we're not talking about He's not a special teamer. Come on. So, all in all, the Jets essentially wasted a roster spot. They wasted a roster spot. They wasted a roster spot. And I don't know how many roster spots are precious in the NFL. They're precious. And you wasted a roster spot with a guy that you didn't use at all. Not at all. Not even a little bit. It was just stupid. <laughs> I mean, it's just, to be blunt about the whole situation, it was dumb. It was stupid. It was ridiculous. It made no sense. It made no sense. It didn't make sense really at the time, and it doesn't make sense now. It made somewhat sense at the time. Let me take that back. It didn't make somewhat sense at the time. Because you were thinking, okay, maybe they'll utilize this guy in a way that will be effective, and you never know, just in case things really don't work out with Marcus Sanchez, you have a guy in Tim Tebow who at least has taken a team to the playoffs, who has had some playoff success. 316 yards is playoff success. A playoff victory is playoff success. He's had playoff success. He's 500 as a quarterback in the playoffs, one and one. One and one. Is he a championship caliber quarterback? Probably not. But is he is he a guy is he a better option than Mark Sanchez this season? At some point, I think you should have turned to him and see what you got there. See if he can turn your team around, because Mark Sanchez didn't do it. He didn't do it at all. And now the Jets are on the outside looking in, and now the Jets have a big issue in terms of their quarterback, who will be quarterback for the quarterbacking for the New York Jets in 2013. They have a big issue. Could it be Greg McElroy? Who knows? He has his shot. He has a shot. Could it be Greg McElroy? He has a shot this week to prove whether or not he can play in this league. He has a shot. And that's all you can ever ask for in life is a shot. And he has it. He has it. Greg McElroy. Will he make the most of it? I doubt it. But anything. It's possible. When we come back, we're going to be joined by 49ers defensive back, cornerback Terrell Brown. He's going to talk about that big game against the New England Patriots last Sunday night. That was a special game. Terrell Brown, when we come back, you're listening to Go For It on Block Talk Radio. 
Hey, what that. up? It's Corey Almeida, a.k.a. Corey Live, host of Picturica on the Hub and warm-up host for American Idol and Dancing with the Stars. And right now, you are listening to Go For It on Blog Talk Radio with my man Paulie G and Jeremy. Get it! Okay. Hey, what up? It's Corey Almeida, a.k.a. Corey Live, host of Picturica on the Hub and warm-up host for American Idol and Dancing with the Stars. And right now, you are listening to Go For It on Blog Talk Radio with my man, Paulie G and Jeremy. Get it! And we're back. And we're about to bring in a guy now who's having a decent season for the 49ers, and his team as a whole is having a decent season. I mean, the San Francisco 49ers, you saw them the other night against the New England Patriots, an impressive performance, an impressive game. That was a big-time football game, a very enjoyable football game, and the 49ers, they prevailed. I mean, they showed, I mean, you look at it, the Patriots came back, tied the score at 31, and the San Francisco 49ers came back with a championship-like response, scoring the final 10 points and ultimately winning the game, 41-31. to 31. Let's bring in a guy who's a big part of that victory, cornerback Terrell Brown. Terrell, how are you, man? I'm doing good. How you doing today? Doing well. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. And Terrell, we look at back at that game, and you look at it. The Patriots they haven't lost in December in 20 games. So you snapped the Patriots' 20-game home winning streak in December. Looking at it from that standpoint, how impressive was that victory for you guys? Uh, it was definitely impressive. I think uh, we just take it one game at a time. For us, uh, it was just another win under our belt and. We got to look forward to playing against Seattle this Sunday night. And you look at that game against the uh, the Patriots. I mean, at one point you guys were up thirty-one to three and complete control. The defense was shutting Brady down. Then he exploded and tied the game up. What happened there with the defense? How was Brady able to come back and tie the score at thirty-one? Uh, they ran a no huddle. I think uh, when you play against a quarterback like Brady, a Hall of Fame quarterback, uh, one day, and uh, the caliber that he that he has and his team has, uh, those guys are going to put up points. Uh, the biggest thing for us is just try to keep guys out the end zone. Uh, they scored a nice amount of points, but we got out with a victory, and that's the most important thing. At the end of the day, that is the most important thing. And I look at that game, when the Patriots tied that 31, i got to be honest with you, I thought the Patriots were going to win. I thought Brady was going to continue his magic in the fourth quarter. What was the mindset of your team and the mindset of yourself when the Patriots tied the score at 31? Uh, keep chipping away and give us another opportunity. Uh, as far as this team, man, we just need an opportunity. At the end of the day, uh, we feel like we have a great team. We feel like we work hard every day, and we put in the effort that it's going to take to win games. So uh, if you give us the opportunity, I feel like uh, we'll win every game. So we did that. We had an opportunity. Our offense did a great job of scoring points, and we held those guys uh, in that fourth quarter. So we came out with the victory. And I look at you guys, and, I said before the interview, you guys, there was a championship response from you guys. They tied it at 31. You come back with 10 straight points. Your offense started it off. Colin Kaepernick to Michael Crabtree. Before that, Michael James had the big-time kickoff return. How impressed were you with the response of the offense after they tied it at 31? Uh, we have so many weapons out there on the offense. Uh, it just takes them a little time. You know, uh, they can pick you apart in so many different ways. Uh, Kaepernick with his arm, Kaepernick with his legs. We have multiple running backs, uh, uh, two great tight ends, uh, amazing 
offensive line, and then our receivers. What can you say? You know, who are you going to double and who are you going to stop? So, you know, they just want opportunity as well. And that's the good thing about this team. Everybody just wants the opportunity to go out there and make a play and just help this team win. We're talking to 49ers corner Terrell Brown. And, Terrell, let's go back to the offense. You talked about Colin Kaepernick. This guy came in, and, and he's, he's this offense is explosive, man, after Colin Kaepernick came in. Talk about the play of Colin Kaepernick throughout the course of his play during the season. Uh, poised, very poised for his, for his time being his second year in the league. Uh, he's doing an amazing job of, of making plays, extending plays with his legs, uh, understanding the defense and reading defenses, but he's a leader. And that's the good thing about it, you know. He's leading us into the right direction, and we have two starting quarterbacks, Alex and Cap. Hey, let's talk about Alex Smith. I mean, he lost his job after his concussion to Kaepernick. How do you think he's handling this whole situation? Like a true professional, uh, which everybody expected. Uh, we have professionals on our team, and it's just part of the business. Uh, Cap came in and played well. And Coach went with that. So we understand uh, the business part of football. And at the end of the day, uh, Alex is still, you know, an amazing quarterback, and he'll do great things in this league. Let's talk about your defense, man. You guys are first in points per game, second in yards per game. Talk about the play of the 49er defense throughout the course of this season. Aggressive. A very aggressive defense. Uh, going out there trying to be physical every play, every down. Going out there trying to leave our mark on a team. I think uh, when you get done playing us, you can't do anything but respect our defense and the way we play and how we fly to the ball. And, and you guys fly to the ball. You guys get it done on the defensive side of the ball. And I look at your front four. I look at the Smith brothers, Alden and Justin. I mean, those guys got to make your life all so much easier. Talk about the play of your defensive end. Oh, yeah. They definitely make our lives easier. Both of, both of our DNs, our whole defense, our whole uh, front four, you know, anytime you have pass rushers and guys that are so aggressive, so strong, they can stop the run and also rush the passer, passer, it helps you as a secondary. And for us, it definitely helps us to kind of get the ball out a lot quicker. And it works hand-in-hand. The coverage helps the uh, the front end and, and the, the, the pressure helps the back end. So I think we work really well together. We have amazing linebackers that can run sideline to sideline. So, you know, you have to pick your poison with us. And I look at your secondary right now, Carlos Rogers, you, Deshaun Colson, Dante Whitner. Collectively, a lot of people are saying this is the best secondary in football. You agree? I think so. I think so, hands down. Uh, as far as being physical, getting our hands on receivers and as much man-to-man as that we do play, uh, I believe so. But, you know, um, that's to be – you know, decided by y'all and other people. For us, we just go out there day to day and just keep working and try to get better. And you guys have gotten better. You guys are working hard. And let's talk about your play going into the league this this season, I should say. One of your goals was to lead the league in interceptions. At this point, you have one, but you're still having a solid season. Talk about your play this season. Um, yeah, that was my goal, you know, my personal goal. You know, uh, the team goals come first. So I'm really excited about where we are as a team, collectively, uh, what we're doing as a team and the direction that we're going in. So, for me, you know, I'm always going to have personal goals that I feel like I can strive for, and I'm going to set those goals as high as possible. And uh, I'm, I haven't reached that goal uh, this year, but that doesn't mean that, you know, I won't say the same thing next year. And I'm just excited about being on this team and just fighting for my teammates and just having an opportunity to go out there and showcase our skills every Sunday. 
We're talking to 49ers corner Terrell Brown. Terrell, you guys have an opportunity this Sunday to clinch the division in Seattle. This is a team very good at home, but this is also a team back-to-back 50-point games. What do you guys need to do to slow them down a little bit? Uh, be us. Be ourselves. Uh, we're not going to change anything. We're not going to, you know, try to try to turn uh, water into wine. Uh, I think for this team, uh, our identity is, you know, physical, being physical, trying to hit everything moving and, and play fast. So that's not going to change. Uh, they're a good offense. They have a good team. They have a great defense as well. Uh, it's going to be a hostile environment where we're going, but we're we're excited about it and we're up for the challenge and we feel like, you know, uh, if anybody can, can keep them from putting up 50 points, that would be us. And, and I look at this stretch for you guys. I mean, New England on the road, then Seattle on the road. This has got to be pretty tough for you guys to get up for both of these football games. I mean, that's a tough place to play in New England, tough place to play in Seattle. I mean, talk about getting up for this game now. Uh, it, it's not hard when you're on national television. <laughs> you you have to get up. You know, you, you're being watched by, you know, everybody in the country, and uh, we're passionate about what we do. You know, uh, when you're in this profession, uh, it's a business, but at the same time, we love what we do. So I think uh, it's not hard to get up for games like this because you know you're playing up against some of the best players in the league and you're playing against, you know, some of the top teams in the league. So it's exciting. Uh, we we – we love competition. We're excited about the competition, and we look forward to it. And I look at your team. Um, defensively, you're one of the best. Offensively, you've gotten very explosive. Now that Colin Kaepernick gets the quarterback, are the 49ers the most complete team in football? Um, I don't know. I don't. I don't. I really don't. You know, I really don't watch uh, too much sports besides uh, our team. But uh, I think we have a complete team as far as. If you add us on special teams and the things that our special team does for us, getting turnovers, uh, stopping guys inside the 20-yard line on kickoff, returning returning the kickoff return uh, 40, 50 yards. So I think as a as a whole, offense, defense, and special teams, I think so. I, I, you, guys, you guys are as complete as it comes in this league. And, you know, last year, obvi- obvious disappointment, that championship game loss to the New York Giants. I mean, are you, is it, does that make, what happened last year, does that make you all the more motivated to change that this year? Oh, yeah, most definitely. I think any time uh, you have some type of success in life or in football, uh, you definitely want to come back the next year and have uh, the same success, if not better. So for us as a team, uh, our goals have, haven't changed. Uh, our goals have been taken one game at a time. And we look forward to that. I think uh, the biggest thing for this team is just to, to keep working and keep getting better every Sunday. And sometimes you don't play your best football, but you bounce back in the next week and you have an opportunity to redeem yourself. And hopefully you guys will have an opportunity to play the Seahawks on Sunday. As we all know, the world could end tomorrow. So uh, hopefully you'll have an opportunity to play the Seahawks on Sunday. You're, you're afraid? You're scared? You're nervous? Nervous for what, the world end? Yeah. No, that's not going to happen, man. Everybody <laughs> says it. Why do people say that? Why do people believe in those crazy rumors? What's up with you? <laughs> A lot of crazy people out there. Uh, you could throw any crazy rumor out there and people will believe it. Yeah, no, I don't think. I think we'll be playing on Sunday and uh, the world will be watching. And we'll definitely put on a show and we look forward to the competition. And uh, it'll definitely be a good game to watch. Christmas is, is five days away. What does Terrell Brown want for Christmas? Super Bowl ring. Okay. 
Okay. So you, your president's going to come in February. Yeah, later on. I don't I don't have to rush it. You know, my birthday's right after that, after Christmas. So uh, I look forward to just going, uh, keep getting better as a team, and just keep working to one common goal, and that's uh, win, win the rest of these games and, and take it on to the Super Bowl. And you guys were real close last year, and I think you're going to be real close this year. Not sure you're going to break through, but you're going to be real close this year. I mean, we'll see what happens. Atlanta, they're going to be tough to beat. That's a team that's probably going to have home field advantage throughout the course of this playoffs. But you guys have proven, as we saw last week against the Patriots, that you can win anywhere. You guys can win anywhere. You're a tough-minded team. And you're going to be a tough team to beat. The Falcons are going to be a tough team to beat. These playoffs should be very, very interesting. I know you're looking forward to it. Yeah, I definitely am, and keep facing us, man. Don't don't count us out too early. Okay, okay. I, we heard it here first. Don't count out the 49ers just yet. They're a team that's viable. They're a team that's good, and they're a team that's going to be there in the end. We shall see about that. Terrell, your guy is busy in the community. Talk about some of the things you're doing with your foundation. Uh, we just uh, donated coach uh, through my foundation to Brown's kids. We also... Uh, Donated uh, 40 pairs of Nike sneakers, brand-new sneakers to kids in my community as well. So we're just working and just trying to do things to help our community. I think uh, us as athletes wouldn't be where we are today if it wasn't a few people in our lives that helped us and, and paved the way for us to get an opportunity to be where we are. So just to give back is a small uh, blessing that we're doing. And the more and more guys can do that, the more and more we can change the world and the more and more our next generation can see you know, uh, us as role models and, and, and modern day life after us as well. Definitely, definitely. And uh, Terrell, where can fans find information out about some of the great things you're doing with your foundation? Uh, go to uh, TerrellBrown.net. Uh, you can find out all the information as well. Or you can go to uh, BrownsKids.com. Terrell, pleasure talking to you, man. We wish you nothing but the best of luck moving forward. You guys are going to be there at the end. You guys are a good football team. Keep the faith. Keep it going, man, and let's do this again. Hey, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Happy holidays to you and your family. Merry Christmas. Take care. You too. All right, you too. Thank you. Terrell Brown, corner for the San Francisco 49ers. 49ers are going to be a tough team to beat, and they are one of the more complete teams in this game. I mean, you can't. There are not too many teams out here that have it on the offensive side of the ball and the defensive side of the ball the way the 49ers have it now, especially with Colin Kaepernick. I mean, one of the question marks with the San Francisco 49ers was their offense, was their quarterback. And I was one of these guys that were saying, you know what, I'd probably keep Alex Smith in the game as the, quarter, as the quarterback. If he's healthy, he's probably going to be the starter. That was my mindset at the time, and I guess in some respect I was playing it safe because I know with Alex Smith, he's not a high turnover guy. Last season, 17 touchdowns, only five interceptions. Not a high turnover guy, not the type of guy that's going to beat you. Alex Smith is not going to beat you. He's not. He didn't do it last year, and he wasn't doing it this year. He was playing decent football. But Colin Kaepernick is playing exceptional football. I mean, this guy is putting up numbers. Colin Kaepernick is putting up some numbers for the 49ers, big-time numbers for the San Francisco 49ers. 
this, as, when he got into that ball game. And when he got in, he just took off. He took off, and he went into New England. It was impressive. He was impressive. He was impressive against the New England Patriots. I mean, he played some big-time football at a hostile environment against the New England Patriots. That was a hostile environment. You don't win in New England in December. A 20-game win streak tells you that. That's something you just don't do. You don't win in New England in December. You just don't do it. You don't do it. And the 49ers, they went into New England, went into New England, hostile environment, Tom Brady, and Tom Brady came on back and Tom Brady did his thing, tied the game at 31. The 49ers, a championship response. That was a championship response. You go right back, you score the touchdown, and then you lock down Tom Brady in that offense. That was a championship response by a team that may be a championship team in 2012, and that is the San Francisco 49ers. They are for real. Can they beat the Falcons, a team? that's had some struggles in the playoffs over the years, but a team that may have learned from those struggles that they had over the years. This, that Falcon team is going to be tough to beat. Is, the, is this 49ers team more complete than that Falcons team? I would say yes, but they're a tough team to beat in that dome. They're a tough team to beat in that dome, and they're a team that may have learned from their playoff failures over the years. That is something that is yet to be determined. But over the last couple of years, this Falcon team has had, they got the Packers going to Georgia Dome and smack them, smack them. And then the Giants beat them 24-2. They didn't even get an offensive touchdown with all that talent on that offense. Matt Ryan, Turner, Roddy White, Julio Jones, Tony Gonzalez. All that talent on that roster a year ago, on the offensive side of the football, and they only managed two points, and those, and those two points came from a safety. And as those two points came from their defense. So I look at this team, the Atlanta Falcons, and, you know, they got revenge on the Giants last week, blew them out, beat them down, a 34 to nothing beat down of the Giants. And that was the game I said, you know what, the Falcons, they were going to win that game. That was a team, you know what, the Giants were a team that – that beat the Falcons in the playoffs. And also you had the Falcons coming off that bad loss against the Carolina Panthers. I don't think anybody's afraid of the Falcons. Just like I don't think anybody's afraid of the Texans in the AFC. The Texans defense is not the same Texans defense we've seen at the beginning of the year. Yes, J.J. Watts batting balls and getting sacks, but they're allowing a lot of points. Teams are scoring points against those Patri- against the uh, Texans. Teams are scoring points against those, that team. You can score points against the Texans. You can score points against the Texans. And teams are doing it. Teams are doing it. Teams are scoring points against the Texans. They're doing it. They're doing it. And you can do it. It can be done. I mean, you look at the Texans. You look at the Texans, you can score points against them. You look at it, New England, 42 big points against this ball club, week 14, December 10th. And then you look at it, uh, 
two weeks before that, well, three weeks before that, you had Jacksonville, who put up 37 against that Texan defense. And then you had the Lions, who put up some points against that Texans defense. You can put up points against that Texans defense. Points can be scored against that defense. The question is, with the Texans, are you beating them in Houston? And, yes, we saw the Green Bay Packers go into Houston and beat them. We saw that. We saw the Packers do it. So it's not like it can't be done. There's no can't when you look at all these teams in these playoffs. That's going to be in the playoffs. And a lot that needs to be worked out before we can figure out who will be in the playoffs. A lot that has to be worked out. But the bottom line is this. In the NFC, the Falcons are in, the 49ers are in, and the Packers are in. More than likely, I think it's only going to be one team coming out of the NFC East, and I think it's going to be the Redskins. I said that a few weeks back, just looking at their schedule. I think it's going to be the Redskins who will come out. I think the Seahawks will get one wild card spot, and I think the Chicago Bears will get the other wild card spot. The Chicago Bears are a team. They're a team that you look at their final two games and we looked at their performance last week against the Packers and their performances over the past couple weeks during that three-game losing streak. It hasn't been that great. The Bears haven't played great. But you look at the Bears, their final two games are against the Arizona Cardinals and are against the Detroit Lions, both on the road. Go to Arizona, go to Detroit. But those are two games you should win. Those are two winnable games. I think they win those two winnable games. And I think they go to 10-6. and six, And I think they will get the second wild card spot. And I think Seattle gets the fifth wild card spot. Minnesota, who is currently in the sixth wild card spot, they're not going to go to the – they're not getting in. Their schedule, the final two weeks of the season is murder, the Texans, and the Packers. That's rough. That's rough. The only thing is, by that time, we, the last week of the season, the Packers may not be playing for anything. They may not be playing for anything the last week of the season. They, they've already clinched their division. They probably won't be able to move up. And then once the 49ers, who I think will come back with another impressive performance against the Seahawks, I think once they win, I think they will. And they beat the they actually beat the Packers this season, and they are 10-3-1, the 49ers. I think they will hold off the Packers and get the second spot. They would have to lose their last two games in order for the uh, the Packers to get. Actually, they would have to lose one of those games in order for the Packers to surpass them. The Packers would have to win their final two, and the 49ers would have to lose one of the final two games. So it could be in a situation where the 49ers could win, you know, they could win this week against the Seahawks and, and essentially uh, have to wrap up that number two seed. And then you got the Packers, who might not be playing for anything the last week of the season. I mean, we'll see. We'll see, but I don't think the Vikings are making it. I don't think the Vikings will be making it. You can, I think you can cross them off because the Texans are still playing for that number one seed in the AFC, and I think the Texans will beat the Vikings this week. So the Vikings, who currently sit at the sixth spot, I believe they will lose. They will lose 
one of the final two games, if not both of them. So I don't think they'll be in the playoffs when it's all said and done. I don't think they'll be in that sixth spot. I think the Bears will be in that sixth spot. And I think the NFC East is going to come down to the Skins and Cowboys week 17 of the season. And um, that's the way it was in the NFC East last year. You had the Giants and Cowboys battling, battling, battling it out for the final spot in the playoffs or battling out for NFC East supremacy, if you will. And you look at it, the Giants won last year and beat the Cowboys. So the Cowboys could be in the same spot again that they were a year ago. An opportunity on the road to win the NFC East. Do they learn from what ha- do they learn from what happened against the Giants? We'll see. We'll see. We shall see. We shall see. Do they learn? Have they learned? I don't know. I don't know. We shall see. We shall see. We shall see. But I don't – I think the Redskins and RG3, and I guess I should say Kirk Cousins as well, I think those guys, the Redskins and the Cowboys, are going to battle it out for the final spot. I think the Giants lose this week against the Ravens. I think a Raven team's coming off. And the Ravens theoretically are not – well, I guess theoretically are playing for something possibly for the third seed in the AFC. So they are playing for something. They are playing for something. Currently, they're in the fourth seed. They're the fourth seed in the AFC. So they are playing for something, and they're they're coming off a bad loss against the uh, Denver Broncos. The Denver Broncos, who I've had questions about throughout the course of this year. The Denver Broncos, who has beaten up on the little sisters of the poor throughout the course of this season, but they showed me a lot. They proved to me that they were viable. They proved to me they were legitimate. They proved to me that they're one of the better teams in this league after their performance against the Ravens in Baltimore, 34-17 beat down of the Ravens. So they've proven something to me. They've proven a lot to me with that victory. And I look at the Ravens, and I think the Ravens, on a three-game losing streak, played some bad football over those three weeks, lost to Charlie Batch in the Pittsburgh Steelers. They lost to the Redskins in overtime, a game they were up eight late in the ball game a game where Kirk Cousins came off the bench and beat him. And then they got beat up by the Denver Broncos at home. And, you know, so this is a Raven team that's struggling right now. They're struggling right now. But I think they get right against the New York Giants. And I know everybody said every year the Giants go through this, and they do. Every year the Giants do this. They're, they're a maddening team. They, they go up and down, in and out, up and down, all around. And then they find a way to turn it on when they need to turn it on. They find a way to get it done when they need to get it done. Every year, every year, every year they find a way to get it done when they need to get it done. They find a way to get it done when they need to get it done. Do they get it done when they need to get it done this time around? I say no. It's not happening this year in New York. The Giants, as I stated at the beginning of the year, as I stated at the beginning of the year, the New York Giants would not make the playoffs. And I think I probably will be right with that assessment. The Giants lose this week against the Baltimore Ravens. They will not, they will not, they will not 
make the playoffs this year. They will not make the playoffs this year. It ends against the Ravens. The Ravens will beat the Giants in Baltimore this Sunday. Four o'clock, around 7.30, the Giants will be done. They will be done. Giants are done, folks. The Giants are done. They're done. They're done. But I look at this giant team. I look at this giant team. They're done. They're done. And I think it's again it's gonna come down to the Cowboys and Redskins week seventeen in Washington with the Cowboys again having another opportunity on the road, final game of the season, winning your end type of deal, type of situation. They'll have that opportunity. They'll have that opportunity again. And you wonder if they don't win, does Jason Garrett lose his job? I would say probably so. I say probably so. Probably so. Jason Garrett probably loses his job if this team, the Dallas Cowboys, do not make the playoffs. And I got to give the Cowboys a lot of credit. That was an impressive victory against the Steelers on Sunday night, Sunday uh, evening, uh, Sunday afternoon, I should say. I mean, they came back in that game. And they were able to get it done in overtime. An impressive performance by the Cowboys. They played. They they've been playing. Cowboys have been playing some good football late. And I, I, a lot of people really haven't been recognizing that. But the Cowboys have been playing some good football of late. Some good football. Three game winning streak for this team. And you could argue, well, the Eagles game. That's a game you should win. But the Bengals at Cincinnati, coming off the whole situation with Josh Brent and everything. That was a good victory in Cincinnati, a team that couldn't make the playoffs this year. And then you go to Pittsburgh. Well, you're at home and you beat the Pittsburgh Steelers in overtime, a game that the Steelers need. But the Cowboys have a tough game this week against the New Orleans Saints. The Saints will not be a pushover for this Cowboy team. The Saints will not be a pushover. They're going to be a tough team to beat because they can score points. They can score points. And... You can score points against that Cowboy defense. You can. I've seen it firsthand. They're the Eagles. Watched the Eagles against the Cowboys a few weeks back, and the Eagles were able to score points. They were run the ball. They were running the ball effectively, and they were able to score points. The Saints can score points, and they're going to score points against this Cowboy team. Can they stop the Cowboys? That part I'm not sure because that defense is not good in New Orleans. But they can score points, and because of that, the Saints are going to be a tough team to beat for the Cowboys. I mean, it's a very tough game for the Cowboys to win. I'm not saying they're not going to win it because they are at home and they've been playing well. And it's kind of different for the Cowboys to be playing well in December. That usually doesn't happen for the Dallas Cowboys. But, you know, maybe it's a different it's a different world. Maybe the Cowboys, maybe they've used the whole situation with Josh Brand and, and Jerry Brown and, Maybe that's a part of their motivation as well. But as a whole, even be, you know, they, they, they've been playing some good football. They're playing some good football, and they're really, 
put themselves in a good position to possibly win the NFC East. I don't think they do it. They guard G3 and the Redskins get it done. And that would be something special for RG3 and the Redskins to get in and also for Andrew Luck to get in. The first two picks in the draft, the first two picks in the draft could both lead their teams to the playoffs. And that's impressive. That's impressive. The first two teams, the first two teams, the first two, uh, I should say, the first two picks in this draft could RG3 and Andrew Luck both could make it to the playoffs. Both could lead their teams to the playoffs. Colts are probably Colts are definitely going to get in. They got one more victory in their end, winning their end. So the Colts are going to go to the playoffs. The Redskins, you could say, there's a little more uncertainty. There's a little more uncertainty, even though I think they'll get in as well. Last week of the season, they'll get in. Kirk Cousins kept it going for the Redskins this week, and the Redskins are in good position, prime position to win the NFC East, in prime position to win the NFC East. So the Colts win, and they're in. And the final spot's down to Pittsburgh and Cincinnati, and they get it on this week. I can't see the Steelers not making the playoffs. I think they beat Cincinnati this week, and I think ultimately the Steelers get in the playoffs. I think the Steelers get into the playoffs and get that sixth spot. And who wants to? Who, nobody wants to play the Steelers. No one wants to play the Steelers. No one. That's a team I think you want to avoid. You want to avoid the Steelers if you can. And if they beat the Bengals this week, the Steelers, that'll go a long way in them getting to the playoffs because at that point they would have beaten the Bengals twice this year and any tiebreaker would favor the Steelers. So the Steelers win their final two games. They win the beat the Bengals and, and ultimately beat the Browns the final week of the season. The Steelers could get into the playoffs, and I think that's what, have, what will happen. The Steelers will get the sixth spot, and I think the Steelers will be playing the New England Patriots in the first round, the wild card round. That's going to be good. That's going to be interesting. I think Baltimore plays Indianapolis, and that's some intrigue. you got uh, the Colts, the Indianapolis Colts, the old Baltimore Colts. I mean, so that's just, that's some intrigue there. So I, I think I'm almost rooting for this to happen, where the Steelers get that sixth spot, the Patriots secure the third spot, the Patriots and Steelers play in that first round, first wild card, in a wild card round, and then the, the Ravens and the Colts play in the wild card round. That's interesting. It's a lot of intrigue. A lot of intrigue there, and we shall see what happens as these playoffs continue to as the season, I should say, continues to progress, and as these playoffs are right around the corner. A couple weeks, man, and we're in playoff. We're in playoff mode. We're watching playoff football. The finality of it all: win, and you move on; lose, and you go home to mama. And we shall see how this all plays out over the next two to three weeks. A lot of big football that needs to be played. A lot of seeding that needs to be figured out. A couple divisions, a few divisions, a division, I should say, that needs to be figured out in the NFC East. 
It should be it should make for an interesting final two weeks of the season. I want to thank the great Clipper Darrell for stopping by. Follow him on Twitter at Clipper Darrell. Also, and also go to clipperdarrell.com. Also, want to thank Terrell Brown. Follow him on Twitter real tb25, and also go to his website terrellbrown.net. That's t a r e l l brown.net. You can listen to this show and other great shows at blogtalkradio.com slash weekend, where you can listen to this show and other great shows. Follow us on Twitter at go for again. Hopefully I'll see you on Saturday. I think I will. I think I will. I think I'll survive. For everybody here at go for it, see you later. Take care. Bye. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.